Women Inseparable, where women connect through the Word of God, with author and speaker Jacqueline Palmer. Confidence Before Him, Episode 9 of the Prayer and Fasting Series. When we receive Christ, we receive boldness to ask the Father for help when we are in need. Claim your confidence. Here's Jacqueline. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you. I thank you so very much for today. I thank you for your scripture. I thank you that we can open it one day and talk about joy and that can walk before us day after day as we call things joy, as we meet our trials and as we meet our testings of our faith and we can call it joy and we can see our steadfastness grow and we can watch our prayer life grow and we can watch our fasting life become something that we never thought possible. And it's all because we're falling in love with you. And we thank you so much. We thank you for the joy of our salvation. We thank you for the joy of our fellowship. We thank you for the joy that is called Women Inseparable. I pray that you'll help us to take advantage of this time together. Help us to take a deep breath and to jump fully into your scripture, not just in one verse, but in the whole context. And I pray that you'll just open our ears, open our hearts individually to the scripture you have for us and for the truth that you have laid upon our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you read Hebrews 1 and Hebrews 2 and the first few verses of Hebrews 3, you can summarize it. It's like an ongoing passage. And you can summarize it with the word Jesus. It's the best summary. And ultimately, if you have time, this is what I encourage you to do. Get on your YouVersion app. If you have your YouVersion and push play on Hebrews 1 and with your Bible in front of you in Hebrews 1 and read it as you listen to it and listen to Jesus. This is Jesus. If you are struggling with who is he, listen to Hebrews 1 and then listen more to Hebrews 2. It's Jesus. And the first few verses of Hebrews 3, it's Jesus. If we go into the rest of chapter 3, And the majority of chapter four, you can summarize that as us. This is our passage. This is what we take real. And then it jumps back into Jesus. So we've got a sandwich or an Oreo cookie for talking chocolate. And we're going to go right in the center. And as much as we love talking about Jesus, I'm going to ask you to do that on your own, specifically Hebrews one and two. And conclude with Jesus at the end of this passage. Today, we're going to do you. We did a study in the fall called the Freedom Series, Freedom in Christ. And every week, I didn't think anybody was going to show up (laughs) because the topics were not easy. The topics were not easy. I don't know how else to word that. They were really hard. They were really hard to prepare for, to teach to do the homework assignments, to participate in, and to show up. And week after week, the next topic was revealed and we're like, oh, next week's going to be easy. Just kidding. This is worse than last week. This happened for the whole 12-week series. One of them was talking about freedom from slavery. And we talked about sin. And I truly, truly believe that one person was going to show up. And we were meeting in the house and we had almost 30 women in this living room space that showed up to this discussion on freedom from sin. It was powerful. It was a good, good study. 
So then this morning it's 9.50 and I showed up late today because who wants to teach this lesson? And I look around the room and there's maybe 10 of us at 9.50. We start at 10, right? Something. And I'm thinking, who's going to come? Nobody's going to come. And sure enough, you look around and our room is completely filled. And I love that because the truth of the matter is just like our testing of faith is going to happen because we're human and we're daughters of the King. And just because trials are going to happen, so is sin. And sometimes we walk into these doors and we show up on our zoom screen and we get into our girlfriend group (coughs) and we think in our quiet space to ourselves, I'm the only one in this room that sinned like I sinned last night. I'm the only person in this room that had that issue this morning. Nobody else in this room sinned the way I sinned in my car on the way here. And we sit here in the silence and the deception of sin. And we shut down. We smile. We laugh at the funny jokes. But inside our head, we're thinking we're the only ones that brought sin into this room. Can I tell you a secret? You're not the only one. The woman sitting next to you had a choice to bring sin into the room as well. Do you know why? Because sin happens. Sin is real. It's part of our makeup, Adam and Eve. So to pretend that we don't sin, 1 John 1, 9, is to call God a liar, to deceive ourselves, and to prove that the truth is not in us. So if we know that we're human and we know that we're alive and we know that our flesh is real and we know desires are going to happen, then we know sin is going to happen. The question is, how do we bring sin into our prayer life? And we talked about this a little bit a couple of weeks ago, but this week we're going to get very real. We're done with our question series. Those are good questions, by the way. So those of you that submitted those questions before the series started, thank you. You gave us a great lesson plan. Today, we're going to start a new series in our prayer study on confidence. And I talked to God quite a bit about the placement of this one, because we have confidence before God today, and then we're not doing confidence next week, and then we're doing war room, and then we're doing just other things. You know what I mean? We've got just one confidence, and then we'll pick up on the rest of the confidence after spring break week. So I kept telling God, you've got this confidence wrong. (laughs) And then I started studying for it. And it was fascinating to me what confidence before God looks like. And it's totally different than everything I always thought this verse meant. And it blew me away. So this is what I'm going to ask you to do. Trade our old thoughts. Hebrews 4.16 says, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. This verse gives us such comfort. I don't know if you're the only one, if I'm the only one in this room that has just clung to this verse sometimes, like I need confidence. I need to get before the throne. I need his grace. I need his mercy. And Lord, I, I need your help every hour. I need you. And we think of this verse. But if you put this verse back in the context of Hebrews 3 and Hebrews 4, it is all 100% about obedience equals rest 
and disobedience equals sin. And then we go back to Hebrews. We go back to our Hebrews passage. We think, let us then have confidence before the throne. And we're talking about obedience and disobedience. And I need confidence before the throne. That's fascinating. It's a switch. So let's go back and see. Let's talk about confidence just real quick. Hebrews 3. Hebrews 3, 6 is the first time we're going to see the word confidence in this passage. It's talking about Jesus. This is the final verse of our Jesus summary of chapter one, two, and the beginning of three. And he says in verse six, but Christ is faithful over God's house as a son. And we are his house. You could put first Corinthians three next to that. If you want a deeper study, it says, if indeed we hold fast our confidence and our boasting and our hope. We could go back to Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24 right there. If you want to deepen that study, if you want to review that study, what is our confidence? What is the founding of our confidence? If we go back to Hebrews 1, Hebrews 2, in the beginning of Hebrews 3, it's Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ in the flesh, Jesus Christ, death on the cross, Jesus Christ's burial, and Jesus Christ risen again. That's where our confidence lies. Confidence in all areas, it lies in Jesus Christ. This is what we're learning in our prayer and fasting study. It's Jesus. Is it really that easy? Yeah. Life is hard. Trials are hard. Testing our faith is hard. Calling things joy, hard. But our prayer life with Jesus, oh, that's getting sweeter and easier. I love it. It's fun. Go down to verse 13. And there's so much I want to pour out of Hebrews 3 that I can't because I have 30 minutes and not a day. Okay, let's continue on. Hebrews 3, 13. It says, but exhort, exhort one another every day, as long as it is called what? Today. That none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Verse 14 says, for we have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. It brings up confidence for the second time, and that's the same confidence of Jesus Christ, our risen Savior. I am Jacqueline, daughter of God, servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's who we are. We hold on to that confidence. But interesting how it brings one another in and the reason it brings one another in. It says, exhort one another, encourage one another, text one another, email one another, meet one another for coffee. When? Today. What happens when tomorrow comes? Well, then tomorrow is now what? Today. And then when Saturday comes, Saturday is now what? Today. So if we take this verse literal, that means today, Thursday, you and are to exhort me, Jacqueline, so that I am not deceived by sin. That gives you a purpose and a plan that quick. Well, why am I going to women inseparable? Why am I going to get grounded? Why do I go to church on Sunday? Why am I talking to my husband today? Why am I having this conversation with my child, with my grandchild, with my coworker? Well, there's a reason. Exhort that person today. Why? Because they can't be caught up in the deceitfulness of sin. And you don't want to be caught up in the deceitfulness of sin. So if Gail and I every day text one another, how are you doing today? I 
prayed for you today. And you literally prayed for her. You didn't just say the words. <laughs> How are you doing? I got your prayer card a month ago and you said you are struggling with this. How are you doing with that today? Today. You know what I just did? I stood her up today. And do you know what's going to happen tomorrow? The testing of her faith is going to happen again tomorrow. So I need to text her again tomorrow because tomorrow is now today and exhort her. So the deceitfulness of sin doesn't overwhelm us. Do you see that you have a purpose as a daughter of the King next to a daughter of the King, you automatically have a purpose. How great is that? And you have a plan. What am I supposed to do? Exhort. Well, how do I word that? I don't know. Text her with a smiley face and say, I exhort you. I don't know. (laughs) Because that right there, do you see the laughter that just happened? It's hard to fall into sin when your heart is full of giggles. Laughter is good. It's medicine. It's health. It's healing. Exhort one another. But that also kind of takes us to a personal state. And I'm only using Gail as an example because Gail is my my girl and she's literally sitting in front of me. So this is not a call out of Gail and throwing her before a bus. But for Gail and I to take this literally, to text one another literally, that means we need to be transparent with one another. And we need to build that friendship. It might not start right away, but we need to build that friendship. And I need to be able to say to Gail, and I can say, I did this exactly this morning. I apologize to Gail for something that I had done. And I got her stuck in the middle of something. I sinned. And in my sin against God, it affected Gail. Gail had to make a decision because of my sin. She can now exhort me and keep me on track of that one issue I just presented to her. Does that make sense? Nobody else in this room knows what I'm talking about, but she does. So she now has the opportunity, the privilege, the plan, the purpose to be like, hey, Jacqueline, how are you doing in this area? Wow. Thank you. And she can do that. It's called friendship. And we can reverse that role. Gail could say to me, I'm struggling with this. She could be straight up and say, this is a sin that wants to be part of my life. And I don't want it part of my life. It's like a heavy rock. I want to drop it. It's not my identity. It's a sin. I don't even want to claim it as mine. It's a sin. My desire wants it, but the truth of it is I don't want it to grow inside of me. So I want to drop it, but I'm having a hard time letting go, but I don't want it to grow inside of me. So the easiest way to do that is to tell a girlfriend, I have a desire. And I know if I let this desire inside of me, it's going to grow and it's going to grow a wrong life inside of me. Can you help me pry my hands open? Sure. How can I do that? I'm going to exhort you with scripture cover you with prayer. And I'm going to literally hold your hand and let you drop that because I don't want sin to be our identity. We don't want sin to be our identity. It's not our identity. Your identity, it's your confidence in Christ. It's a beautiful thing. That's the second place you see confidence. If we move down further to Hebrews four verse 11, it says, let us therefore strive Strive to enter that rest. And that one line is explained so beautifully in the first four chapters of this, cha- this book. So, so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience that no one, no one, our goal as a daughter of the King is that no one in your radar 
falls to the evil deceitfulness of sin. That's a cool radar. I think I may have the best radar in this room. And I don't exhort you. I can't exhort you. And I apologize for that. I have a husband and a son and a house and things I have to do. I cannot spend all day emailing and texting each of you individually, but I can promise you every day, mm-hmm. your names are prayed over every day. If I have a prayer request given to me by you through Slack or through a prayer card or through email, it's written next to your name. And I pray for you and your prayer request every day. Know that you're being exhorted through prayer. And my prayer right now is that you girls will contact one another every day and to be that for one another. Does that make sense? Is that fair to say? It's so important that we do this. It's so important that we share prayer cards and not just we, prayer cards are great when we pray for our world, our personal world. But when we can get real and say, this is my prayer card today, this is my sin. Imagine the prayer that will be prayed over you and you're no longer fighting your, that sin by yourself because you're not the only one that has a desire. We all do. Our desires may be different. They may be, but a desire is not sin, right? It's when we let that desire take root and we think about it and we plant it and we give it permission to grow. That's when it becomes sin. So if we can get a hold of it right now and say, this is my desire. These are the desires I struggle with. Can you um, exhort me today? because I'm really, really tempted to have this desire root in me, really, really wanting that desire to be rooted inside of me. How real, how would you handle that? If somebody said that to you, would you be like, Oh, Fanny pack rock judge, judge. (laughs) (laughs) Or would you be so like amazed? Like you trusted my ears with your words. Yeah. Yeah. I've got you covered. Give me your phone number. I'll text you tomorrow. You want to be taken back or shocked. Like, oh, you, you sin? You have a desire? It wouldn't be a shock. It wouldn't be an awe. It would be like a, oh, huh. I hear your words and I, I get it. Your words just got validated. And somebody else is now understanding and agreeing. I, I get it. I know what you're talking about because I have a desire. And although the outcome of it or desire could lead in different ways, the root of it is all basically the flesh. We can all relate with one another. And we now have camaraderie and we're standing closer together, stronger together. Verse 12 says, for the word of God is living and active. The word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. The word of God can pierce to the division of soul and of spirit. It can divide between the joints and the marrow. Marrow. I always feel like I say that word wrong. And it can discern the thoughts. How beautiful to be able to have help in discerning our thoughts. And it can clear up the intentions of our hearts. If sin does root, you have to get it out. And the ways of getting it out is through the word of God, through the power of God, through a girlfriend of God, and through the Holy Spirit. Get it out. You have to get it out because if you don't get it out, the Bible says 
it will come out. What you do will produce death and it will affect others. We don't have time. I have two options. I have on our, our study guide, a challenge. And I told you every challenge that I lay out, I do so that you're not alone. The challenge was to give an hour to God and fasting specifically over this area. So I get to bed, right? People that get gotten to bed at 1055 last night and I'm laying there and the clock turns 11 and God says, give me this hour. And I said, oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's supposed to start today. Like I haven't even had time to pray about when my hour of fasting over sin is going to be. God says 11 o'clock. I was up till 12 o'clock talking with God. And he brought out some sense. This morning I got up, got in the shower, got into my, my prayer space. And it was seven o'clock on the dot. I got on my knees and God's like, give me this hour. I'm like, oh, again? Okay. He gave me some sense. And in this time, he took me back to our hour of fasting that we did at the beginning of our series. And there were two things specific that God asked me to do, two things specific. And I said, yes. One of them made sense. The other one I didn't understand, but I said, yes. And I talked to him with my husband and told him because one kind of applied to him as well. One he loved that, I, that God told me to do this. And I asked him, what do you think? And he says, if God gave this to you during your hour of fasting and you said, yes, I'm out, doesn't matter. But I still, I wanted him to know this is what was being said. It's been weeks and I have not done either of them. I'm laying in bed last night and God's like, do you remember? Do you remember what you said you were going to do? You have not done. I'm sorry. It's sin. It's awful. And I'm laying there. I'm like, God, why haven't I done that? One of them was to cancel something I have a deep desire for. And this one desire leads me to fall into wanting to lie, which is a past sin of mine. And I have not canceled this thing that God laid in my heart. Why haven't I? I don't know. That was a hard conversation with God last night. My list continues. I'm going to keep this here because my second option, and if anybody wants to know, I'll tell you. These are my get right with God statements. There's a gentleman that started preaching the name of Jesus 40 years ago. Lead, lead man, not just in our country, but in the world. He passed away last May. Celebration. This man is before the king. The Bible says your sin will find you out. It has now come out. And this is. This is everywhere. Rabbi Zacharias has destroyed lives all over the world. Destroyed lives. I learned this two weeks ago, and I didn't believe a word of it. Rabbi Zacharias. That's like hearing that Billy Graham. He's one of our fathers of the faith. He preached the name of Jesus Christ. He preached the resurrection, the ascension, the coming again of our Savior. End times, he had it covered. He was so, he lost his confidence before God. And he was so confident in that. Did you see that? We have to have confidence before God in our sin 
knowing that God will give us the grace that we need, the mercy that we need, the help that we need in this area of sin, in this area of desire, he will give it to us. Go to him for grace and mercy in every area, but go to him in this area of sin and mercy. If you do not, if you lose your confidence before God, your confidence is going to be all backward. He was so confident in how he hid his sin, his disgrace, the way he destroyed women for years, years hidden in his ministry. You think we've got a small ministry. We have a small group, women inseparable. We have a, almost 200 women that come to women inseparable. We have a team of 15 women that volunteer. I'm not paid staff at ECC. I show up because I love what we do. My team shows up because we love what we do. You girls show up because we love what we do. Imagine if Kristen or I had such a sin that we hid, how that would affect you. I would ask you never to show up again. Don't come. There's a team of their company that affects Christians and builds up Christians worldwide. And these people have lost their jobs because of one man's disregard to have confidence before God. That's disgusting. Can I say that? It's awful. It's selfish. You lose your confidence before the king and your confidence becomes cockiness. And the words that you say, Jesus Christ has risen again, but yet you're destroying lives behind the scenes. How many people right now are wondering, so what's truth? It's disgusting. It's shameful. With all that is in me, whether there is something that God has asked you to cancel, an app that causes struggle in your life, cancel it. If there is a sin that has been rooted so deeply that it's going to cause harm to somebody, can you be brave enough to have confidence before God to call out to your girlfriends and say, I need you to exhort me because it's too big. It's completely out of my hands. I thought I had this under control, but I don't know what to do. If you find yourself anywhere between, I had a bad thought about somebody in the car on the way here confess that, get it right with God right here. And if you're on this end where you're knowing that sin has already taken place, that desire has become sin. And I know death is the next outlet and I don't know what to do about it. Yeah, you do share it. We said a couple weeks ago, name it, give it a name, call it out and don't claim it as your identity. It's not your identity. Your identity is Christian. Steve said that on Sunday, right? Mm -hmm. You see, Christ is your savior. You have the power and the authority to pray. Our father gives you a new name. Your name, child of God. You are a Christian. Your sin will affect others. Is that fair to say? Get it out and don't be shocked. Don't be shocked when you sin. Don't be shocked when somebody else sins. Because that's like being shocked that somebody's breathing. Why are you breathing? Oh, you're alive. Okay. <laughs> note to self take this serious will you the challenge this week and i never push the challenge but this challenge this week is give time give time to god 
we did this fasting challenge and we did a one hour fasting. I don't know if God's going to lay in your heart to do a 10 minute fasting or a one hour fasting or no need to even say any of that. Ask God, God, I want to spend time with you specifically about this area of sin of my desires because my desires are taking over and I need help and I don't know where to start and I need a girlfriend and I don't know where to start. Start on your knees and fasting with your father. Is that fair? Sweet father, how much we love you. We thank you for being a God of forgiveness. I thank you for loving us, for walking life with us. I pray right now that you'll be with the thoughts that are in our hearts, the desire that is well known within us. Lord, I pray that you'll hear our prayers over that desire right now. Heavenly Father, some of us are struggling with that desire, taking root and becoming life within us. Lord, sin is so powerful. It's so deceitful. It makes us feel like we're alone. It makes us feel like we're the only ones that are struggling with what we're struggling with. And that's just a lie from the devil. I pray that you'll be with this sin. I pray that you'll help us to be brave enough to give it a name and to lay it before you. And that we'll be brave enough to lay it before a girlfriend. I pray that you'll be with that sin and that confession in our hearts right now. Heavenly Father, you've given us a gift of being a girlfriend. You've allowed us to have a purpose of exhorting one another today. Lord, I pray that you'll help us to be strong enough, to be loving enough, to be forgiving enough, to exhort one another, to lift up one another, to be understanding and supportive. I just pray that you'll grow us. Grow us in you, grow us in our prayer life, grow us in our fasting life, and grow us in this opportunity of exhorting today. In Jesus' holy and most precious name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us. You can find us on Telegram at WI Online.